There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want to boost the economy like Taylor Swift? Do you want to run a business empire like Rihanna? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. Wow. Hi, oh, my. Bowen, look over there. Wow, is that Ooh. culture? Oh, yes. My goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding dong. Las Culturistas calling. Well, back in the home, back in the habit. Back in the home, back in the habit. Did your AC get too. fixed? Oh. Or yes. heater situation? My heater got fixed, but let me tell you... What now? We're getting a little dehydrated now as a result of heater season. And I think a lot of publicists and readers can relate. Also, can we just say, I'm sorry, because I keep wanting to bring up the Las Culturistas Culture Awards. (laughs) I think, I think, should we just announce that the the ceremony is not happening? The winners are, will never be announced. (laughs) I think we cannot say at this time. No, man. I I gave a read. I read through the nominees the other day. I was like, none of this makes sense anymore. This is so... I think that... Such a snapshot of summer 2021. (laughs) It doesn't work. Okay. We are ready to announce at this time that it... (laughs) As that we wish our nominations leader all the best, but we feel it would be in poor taste to continue with the ceremony as the world currently stands. So the Las Culturistas Culture Awards, they are canceled. They are canceled. Oh, no. Publicists, you've been fired. We're so sorry. And it's because you you guys did a bad job, okay? (laughs) You guys did a bad job. How dare you? How dare you? You'd made us do this. You had one thing to do, which is push your clients. And there was not enough of that. Better luck next time. Better luck next year. See you next year. See you next year, publicist flops. Anyways, um, 
Well, it's it's almost like Bowen. You know what I've been loving lately is lost culture narratives. You know what I mean? And we've had I one narrative know. end in a happy way, which is your heat is better. Yeah. But with a twist, now it's too hot. And we have we have one narrative that's sort of ending with that with a very terribly sad ending, which is that the Lost Culture Resource Culture Awards will not stand. But also, what are awards anyway? You know what I'm saying? Icon Award winner Pat Regan has said awards are so silly. Awards are so silly. Let me tell you something. I'm looking at a girl who's lost two Emmys. Girl. This loser. And and I can tell you, (laughs) either way, it would not have done a damn thing. I would not have changed. I haven't changed. Let's just, let's make that clear. (laughs) Let's make it clear. This one's been the same for years. And no Emmy is going to change my girl. It's actually rule of culture number 44. No Emmy is going to change change my girl. girl. Except when I win an Emmy, I'll, I'll be changing. No, I think I want Matt Rogers to win an award. Of prestige Same, so bro. badly because I really want people to, to to see with their own eyes how you will stay true to yourself. I, I need to be the gold standard for staying true to yourself. And that's, that's actually true. I think you are already. I just think people <laughs> people need to see it with their own eyes. Not that people don't. No, not that people don't. I've always told you that if I one day am on my deathbed and I haven't egotted, I'll be P-O'd. P-O'd. I'll be pissed <laughs> off. If I don't EGOT, I'll be so pissed off. I feel like I'll just be irate if I haven't EGOTed by this, my by my TOD time of death. I think there will be, it's a, it's a long career you've got ahead of you. I think that we should EGOT for all the same projects. That'll be hard, but I think it'll be really it. hard. It's like, it's like, it's like adding another hurdle. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because if oh. I EGOT without you, I'll be like, yeah, thanks. And then if we got together, I'll be so happy. So I'm just like, I'm not going to be satisfied with just an EGOT if you're not there with me. Girl, the way you are my sister in every way, I have really, I, I know I do this like every other week, but I really do miss my girl so much. But the way, capital T, capital W, I'm going to be seeing you pretty shortly. We just made New Year's plans, y'all. We just made New Year's plans. Um, mm-hmm. Should we announce? <laughs> We're no. going to... <laughs> No, we can. Well, actually, I would love to announce because I would love. Well, I would just love recommendations. Yeah, actually, yeah, I I think it's fine to say we're going to Mexico City. We're going to we're going to CDMX. We can't wait. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can't wait to go see the museums, the the town squares, the Mm -hmm. architecture, all of it. Well, I was talking Bowen and I um, Facetime the other day, and I was <laughs> I was telling you that so so we're going with Sudi and Mo. And yes. It was originally their trip, and we've kind of hopped on. Yeah. So Sudi Sudi and, and when I was like, oh, maybe I'll be interested in going to Mexico City, she goes, she sort of dragged me without meaning to. I told you what she oh, said. Oh no. She yeah, goes. She goes. Well, it's not going to be a lot of relaxing. It's going to be activities. And I was like, oh, what kind of activities? And she goes, a lot of museums. And I could tell she was trying to warn me because she thought I wouldn't enjoy I... the museums. But I'm a cultured girl. Okay, I'm lost culturistas. You're. You're a lost, you're a lost culturistas. I think, <laughs> I think there's. I see what you're saying. I also think maybe she, as a very good friend of yours, knows that you don't love museums. Like you don't pursue museums when you travel. I think that's all she was trying to say. Maybe I'm turning over a new leaf. Maybe I want to see. Oh, that's an interesting rock. You mm-hmm, know, where did mm-hmm. it come from? You know, maybe. Oh, that's an interesting bowl. What yes. culture made it? You know what I mean? Like I, I, I sort of want to understand and get into museum culture, and it's never too late. If only there were a rock and bull museum <laughs> that you could go to in every city in the world. In every, every city, city in the, city world. In the world. So, Girl. On, but there is also there's nightlife. Mexico City absolutely is going to deliver city. in that regard. 
Mexico. I don't know why I said it like Mexico City. Mexico I, has City. City has a lot of nightlife. Has a lot of queer culture. Oh, absolutely. I think it's, oh, it's called like uh, the Pink Square or something. That's uh, the Zona Rosa or something. No, the re- the Pink Zone. I love mm-hmm. that. The Pink Gay. Zone. That's like the queer. That's like the the traditional queer. And now, like, there's there there's all these new. Uh, queer neighborhoods that are popping up around the city. But the original one, if I'm not mistaken, I may be totally wrong on this, is mm-hmm. Zona, Ro- Zona Rosa. And that's sort of why we reach out to the readers. You know, please. If we you... don't know anything. No, no. And we, we should just say, like, first and foremost, like, of course, we come onto this podcast and from the beginning, we've called ourselves experts. But that's not true. I mean, we're going to pull, pull the curtain back right now. Okay? That's never been true. It's not true. Everybody... Calm down. Just calm down. We're rarely right. That's so, I mean, I think, okay, I think the real readers know, because we're back to being readers now. Mm-hmm. Publicists have been fired. You're all readers once again. have been fired. The real readers know that we are. We don't know anything. Yeah, we don't know shit. We really don't. And, and so like, so, sometimes people sort of get upset at us for getting things wrong. And you just have to understand that is... That is the big lie. That's the other big That's lie. That's the other big lie. It's actually rule of culture number 10. The, the other, other big, big lie, lie is, is that, that we, we know anything. anything. <laughs> we don't know anything. Anyway, can we, should we, can we catch up on life first before we, there's a lot of culture to get into? The, I can't even believe, Bowen, it's actually, it's actually one of those things where it's like you say catch up on life and it actually sort of bleeds in together with the culture. For this me anyway, because beautiful. it has been such a ripe time for the culture. Bowen said, well, we have a guest on this week. And I said, you know what? And, and I'm still on buzzing and on a high from our guest oh last week, God. Dr. Wendy. That was amazing. We love her. I feel it sounds as though, like you guys did too. It sounds like you guys did too. Okay, out there, it sounds like there was even some minds changed that maybe were we love. for some ridiculous reason not Team Wendy, and now you are. We love you. We kiss you. But there has been so much culture. I said I think it just has to be me and my sister because we have so much to wade through, but it seems like you want to talk life. So if I'm thinking about what's gone on in my life, definitely there was Thanksgiving. Yeah, definitely. And you, how did you feel about it? Uh, you know what? First year ever in my adult life where I didn't cook a turkey. Mom insisted on going to a- Wow. A, mom insisted on going to a nice quote unquote brunch that she booked at a place that we love to go to for a Thanksgiving meal. The only time she could get was 10 a.m. Okay, that's early. Definitely early. We got up. It was a, we had Thanksgiving at 10 a.m. And that is actually, oh, wait a minute. This was maybe going to be my own thing, so honey, but I'm sorry. I just commandeered asking you what life was like. No, I, no, no. Because I okay. said I didn't, I, I didn't really have it because I, my, my life has been so much culture because I stayed in L.A. for Thanksgiving. Okay. So go off. Okay, so so I'll just let me just finish this up and then we'll get into the culture because I respect that. I actually am je- I envy that. I envy that culture was your life. Hundred. Hundred. Period. Hundred so, period. Hundred period. So had 10 a.m. Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. which I had no real, so to speak, misgivings about. Right. And then after that, my parents and I go on a hike in Castlewood Canyon, Colorado. Beautiful hiking trail. We go on a hike and then I was going to make side dishes for dinner, quote unquote, and just like make like mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, stuffing, like, and then just really what we all all come to the table for, to be honest with you. Exactly. I still wanted to to indulge in that. No, no, no. Exactly. Right. So I went on a hike with my parents. I documented it on Instagram. Mm hmm. Everybody commenting, why are your parents not wearing hiking clothes? Why are they wearing button downs and, and 
bedazzled sweaters and stuff like this. And I want, and I basically was like, I got into one reply mm-hmm. with someone and I was like, cause oh, they're boy. immigrants, darling dear. Check yourself. The rules don't have to apply. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of beautiful when people don't assimilate. Yes. And if they, they want to wear a fucking crazy sweater as they hike and like not like, like a loafer, let's say they can and it's okay. And if they want to eat Thanksgiving dinner at 10 a.m., that's okay. Step outside the box, everyone. Come okay? on. It's queering the culture. My parents are queer. My parents are queer. After this year, after this Thanksgiving, they're queer. The gangs are queer culture, and they're here to stay. Okay? Thank and they're you, here mama. to stay. All right? Thank you. Thank you, mama. Rulin, he is a queer god. Okay? <laughs> and I'm saying it here on the podcast. What One about of the Meng? gayest men in America. Meng is a... She, 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 she rules the queer school. She and Cher actually together have a power... They dictate queer culture. They're the chancellors. When I see all you guys out on your hikes now and you're not wearing what you would call a fabulous sweater or a fancy sweater. That my mother, that that Meng wore. If you're not wearing what Meng wore out on the on the trails, then then you're not actually getting it. You're not queering the hike space. And that's actually a flop. Flop. A fliznop. Ooh, as to quote Nicki Minaj on The Real Housewives of Potomac. Fliznop. <laughs> Very much so. Fliznop. But wow, I can't believe that some people just want to pick on little things. It's huh? okay. I hmm. I don't think they were. I don't think a lot of them were picking on it. They were just confused. This is the first time they had seen this, right? And I think they had a lot of questions, of course. And I maybe for a second mistook it as well. They're being unqueer. They're being very normative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now I just want to tell everybody, yeah, queer the hiking space. Queer your hiking space. Wear your heels. Wear your heels. Tell <laughs> wear your heels. <laughs> wear your st- heels on a hike. Try it. Try it and send us a photo. Tag send us, us a photo. Tag us and we and we will repost. We will repost. A hundred percent. If you, <laughs> this is really asking them to get into a dangerous situation. It's, but here I'm, I'm going there anyway. I would love for you to tag yourself and your girlfriends. Yes. At, uh, out on the hike in your heels, everyone. Get over but to the nearest cliff. Get get to the vista. Take a photo of you in your heels on a hike and tag it at Las Culturistas. Hashtag heels on a hike. Hashtag queering the hike. I feel like this is dangerous. And maybe we don't promote this. But if you can wear a bedazzled sweater please on the hike, please do so. That is just as queering as the heels. How about this? It doesn't have to be heels. If it is extra points, whatever extra points means, you know, we could dictate later. Points. But just points points. take a picture of yourself on a fabulous hike. That's all I'm saying. Oh That's my God, are you saying. smoking reefer? I thought we were smoking. I thought we always smoke reefer on the culture catch-ups. So I'm so, so let me just oh, pull, no, let me yes. pull back the I'm curtain. Sorry. No, no, yes, no. Yes. I want you to indulge and go there. But let me pull back the curtain. So today I had my first rehearsal for Have You Heard of Christmas with Henry. How did it go? It went really well. We got through all the songs. I only went up on my lyrics a couple times, which is fine. But That's it, great. It's, feeling, it's feeling good to sort of use my hashtag instrument again. But I am also realizing it's been a long time. Of course. So I'm getting back into it. My first shows are this weekend in Chicago. I'm very excited. Woo. But I've definitely been, as a result of me trying to be a little bit more safe with my voice, I've been very much a shut-in. And so mm. that has resulted in me... I respect this to the high heavens. I have been absorbing so much culture 
and going out and doing some things. Like me and Mo actually had a fabulous Thanksgiving together. We really did. I saw the stories. It looked really lovely. And Vanya the cat was with us. And Vanya is, of course, Vanya my gay my so, gay godson. So gay. And we love he him. was he was so gay and fabulous. And you could tell he wanted to get into the food so much. You know that Aww. thing of when a pet wants to get into the food? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I, that is such culture. Oh, we've all seen it. Culture. We all know this girl. Beethoven with the drumstick. Hilarious. Hilarious. Comedy. One of the comedy icons, Beethoven, that dog, knew the assignment. A lot of people would say he did what he needed to do. He did what he needed to do. Had the turkey leg in his mouth while still giving you droopy eyes going, huh. Just deadpan. Deadpan God. Just giving you Aubrey Plaza before she was even around, okay? That is true. Aubrey is Plaza so true. Was, was not around when Beethoven came out. <laughs> Aubrey Plaza was what? A zygote. A zygote. A, zygote. a blastula. Uh, she was a zygotic, young, deadpan doer. But after Beethoven. Anyway, so you've been he really resting. You've been, you've been shutting in. You, <laughs> you're protecting the instrument. I, I say bravo. Thank you. And that's premature. No. But we hope to hear a lot of that all throughout December. <laughs> all right. So basically, when I say that a culture has been my experience so far, what I mean is there's been so much out there. There really has been. To chew on and talk about. I think that number one, and, you know, we'll talk about all of it. But number one, I would say, Bowen, this, of course, is a little monster podcast. Yes. And I think that, you know, while you say that, you know, Lady Gaga changed her life in terms of her music, I would consider myself Lady Gaga's number one fan as an actress because I actually saw Star is Born a record four times the first weekend it came out. And I have seen House of Gucci twice. This is incredible. And uh, let me just say, without the, 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 this encapsulates a lot of my feelings about the movie, mm-hmm. would not see it again. Even even though I also I too love Lady Gaga as an actress, you love her so much that you would see the movie twice. So when when the first viewing of the film was over, I had regrets about having a plan to see it a second time. Oh. Because here's the thing about House of Gucci. I don't think it's good. I agree. But Lady Gaga is spectacular. So spectacular. Good. Would you agree? You said spectacular. I said phenomenal, bitch. At the same time, you didn't hear me, honey. Spectnominal. Spectnominal. Title of that. Title of Spectnominal. Nominal. Lady Gaga is spectnominal. Spectnominal. <laughs> That's okay. Title that is title okay. of that. So you loved her. I loved her so much. She actually, here's the thing. Like I was texting with Dave about it and he said to me, I didn't, because here's the deal. Like in the press for the movie, in the trailer for the movie, there is a degree of, oh my God, this is going to be camp and a little bit of nervousness. Like, did she go too far this time? I did not laugh at her at all. To me, I bought her entire performance. I actually felt that Lady Gaga's performance was the tone. Yes. And it, that, that it was supposed been, to be. That it, that it was supposed to be. And then every other actor, unfortunately, was not in the same movie. I mean, I think that much has been made of this already on online. Like, I'm not yeah. saying something new. Anyway. Right. But I actually think it unfortunately falls on the director, Ridley Scott, because there was almost no direction in this movie. It was like you had... Lady Gaga doing House of Gucci, what it should have been. And it really, you know, that's that. You had Adam Driver sort of like underplaying it in a way Mm. that unfortunately was dull. Mm. And then Jared Leto in what I'm calling the Waluigi biopic. (laughs) Purple. Because Paolo was wearing purple. Babe, this was a zoo animal performance. I have no (sighs) 
I I really I think now we can all say not not ours. We we don't we don't we don't claim him. We don't think anything of him. Uh, no. I think there are some people out there like us who might really enjoy him. Here's the deal. And I'm saying we uh, we shouldn't. I, I I am not a fan. And this is and I, I've had issues with certain things before. But like for me, this is my this is actually an issue I have with the movie. He deliberately and willfully did not match her. And I think I would actually call the performance narcissistic and and and, and like egocentric. Hundred percent. Because he obviously, it's the prosthetics of it all. Because first of all, Paolo Gucci did not look like that. Yeah. So it's the prosthetics. It's the hammy, hammy, hammy overacting. Which yes, so, some of that blame does fall on Ridley Scott, but it just felt like like a, a chewing the scenery performance in a movie that did not require that or need that and i almost think it's a casting issue because why don't you just put someone in that movie in that role that actually embodies that person Mm -hmm. therefore you wouldn't be telling the actor hey you're in a prosthetic with a movie in a movie with lady gaga and he thinks because he didn't gauge it correctly that that meant i'm going to deliver waluigi biopic can we i have a feeling this probably can't be confirmed this is just conjecture I feel like he probably was the one to push for the prosthetics. It reads to me as, you know, he's the one who demanded those prosthetics. That's what I'm saying. And so really, I think I just grimaced anytime, especially in the scene with Gaga, where like the father-son house of Gucci scene, I was just Mm -hmm. like, he was, he was, he, he upset me. I was like, stop it, cut it out. It was completely distracting. And also it is credit to Gaga that she's able to anchor that scene. And she actually manages something kind of spectnominal, which is that she's able to be the fun thing in every scene and also anchor it. Yes. Wow, you're so right. My sister, genius. You know what I'm saying? It's like when, when, when she is not on screen, why are we watching it? Exactly. Do you think, Do the, and I guess obviously the filmmakers did think that this was supposed to be something everyone went to because it was an epic about Gucci. If you thought that, then you would give us something in the writing early on that makes us care about Gucci. There was nothing in this movie that said, yeah. outside of that Gucci meant wealth and power and family, there was nothing in, in, in House of Gucci that was akin to the assassination of Johnny Versace which really let you know what Versace was all about. You pronounced it correctly. Versace. Versace. You're so right because there because even when she meets him for the first time at the at the party, it's like there's no like there's no there's no like she doesn't like widen her eyes when like he like tells her who she is or something, you know? Like mm-hmm. there should be something that like flips in her when she finds out who like like who his family is. You know, I think she she hints at it a little bit. But also, it's never. I'm saying thing. it's not. It's not. It's not her problem. I think it's in the script. Like, there's no. There's no moment in the direction. There's no moment. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, what you say? I, I would say that my my issue is that if you're going to, because again, like I feel that this movie actually commits a lot of the same errors that Star Is Born did, which is once it loses her, it loses yeah, us. You're right. Because in the last forty minutes, which by the way, this is a two hour and forty minute movie. And you feel every minute of the last 40 minutes because when they bring in Reeve Carney as Tom Ford, it's like, wait, so this so this is a movie about Gucci, Gucci? or is it a movie yeah. about her? Because 
That's not how the first half of the right. movie was. It was right. very much about her. And then all of a sudden it's not. And we have to watch that long scene at the end, which is Maurizio Gucci played by Adam Driver getting dismissed from the company. And it's like, wait, this is not the part that we ever cared about. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It was. A, yeah, I agree. It was a slow crawl. And then by the time she shows up again with Salma looking like Joe Calderon, Love. who does what? Like that scene. It's so she's again, she's not even doing that much like campy stuff. She's, I would call it not camp. But even just like the it's it's not camp. But even the fun like the fun part that you remember is who does what the way she like points her finger. But it's still like I don't know. It's still so di- like that. I mean, that just speaks to how like much her absence has felt in that last 40 minutes. You know, the thing is like in the trailer, when you see like, who does what and don't miss and like, yeah. it's time to take out the trash. You're laughing and you're like, oh <laughs> no. But then when you watch the movie, yeah. her performance is very consistent. Do you know what I wish they had more scenes of? What? Gaga and Jeremy Irons. I think all we got was that meal where they first meet. And that scene is great because of the two of them. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. sh- like it's so like it's it's just re- I thought that was a decent scene like out of the many like weird scenes in the movie. Pretty much every time she's on screen, I enjoy the movie. Yeah, it's just that too much of it forgets that. Yeah, too much of it thinks that the interesting thing is this epic tale of the rise and fall of Maurizio Gucci and the Gucci family. When meanwhile. That is not why we buy the ticket. And maybe I'm being presumptuous here, but I almost feel a more interesting movie completely leaves 80% of this behind and is merely about what happens when she gets divorced Mm -hmm. and, and what her life becomes. And I think there's a more interesting movie about the plot with Salma and these guys and the aftermath of the murder, realizing what she's done and that she didn't get away with it. That, to me, is the more interesting film. I love that. Oh, my God. Very, like, I, Tanya almost. And we saw none of it. I know. We saw him. I mean, spoiler alert, I guess, if you haven't seen it. But by this point, whatever. We'll put it in the liner notes. But we see him get murdered. And then she writes Paradiso in her um, journal, which right. really happened. And then you see her getting sentenced. Pretty much. That's it. And then, the, and, then the, and then the credits roll. Yeah. Right. And meanwhile, isn't there so much more to the fact that she did not get away with this, probably thought she would or maybe didn't? Like, there's mm-hmm. just a lot more to explore in terms of the character of Patrizia Reggiani that I feel the movie doesn't have yeah. much interest in. And I mm-hmm. think it's a mistake. The way you just broke this down for everybody... Listen, really, really impressive. Yes. The readers that that stick with the pod know that when they trot out these movies at the end of the year and see these are the Oscar movies, I take that seriously. And I'm like, OK, well, if this is like defining the culture, I mean, you all heard that I was not easy on Promising Young Woman in that script. And I respect the fact that it won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. But I hold these things to a high standard for better or worse. And no one went into House of Gucci wanting to love it more. And I leave. And it's a seven because of the strength of her performance. And I think Al Pacino is fabulous. Oh, Pacino is. You and I talked about how we both loved Pacino. Absolutely. Oh, my God. He was so great. He should be the buzzy supporting performance. Yes. Yes. Agree. I think that sometimes the industry and actors 
get so up their own ass about the transformation of it all that they're not Ooh. thinking about tone. Like this per- Jared Leto performance is willfully bad. Yeah. He was, he, he kind of was throwing the movie a little bit. It felt like he didn't respect her. Exactly. That's what I'll say. Prosthetics in movies, for the most part, are just like the perfect symbol of this obsession with losing, like disappearing into the role, which yeah. is so fucking overrated. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we actually need it. You know I what I mean? Care. Like, I don't care. Like, like, and this is a thing. Is like, you know, American Crime Story ended a while back, but even with Sarah Paulson in that in that series, which I thought she was great, like. I don't know if I needed the prosthetic or maybe it was, and mm-hmm. I think she's an amazing actress and, you know, whatever, but maybe it's not the right person for the part then. If you have to, like, put a prosthetic on to make it clear how, quote-unquote, ugly this person was. or You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. there's something nasty about it. I, I yeah. can't put my finger on it, but the prosthetic of it all throws me because it it, it takes... I think we're moving out. I think we're going to move out of it because I think we we aren't the only ones who feel this way. I think No, there's we're like, at a breaking point with it with the House of Gucci, I think. That's what I'm saying. Like, very soon we will... Like, I think in like 10 years the industry will avoid it so much. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. It's not like a CGI thing where it's like, oh no, they can develop the technology better. It's that it just... It's, it's, it's this thing of like, why? Like, what is it really saying when we like make someone look a certain way with these like little attachments to their face or something or body. Like it, I, I don't know what that says about the role. If it's being, if it's like, if it's an adaptation of uh, a real story or something, you know, it's like that kind of also notice that it usually is applied on an actor. That is a perfectly symmetrical physical specimen. I mean, Jared Leto is a beautiful person. Like, Anyone in the world could objectively say, oh, that is a beautiful man. Even in this performance, like his eyes just kept exploding out to me. I'm like, see, I, 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 here's the deal with the prosthetic on. I'm actually remembering more and more that this is Jared Leto. Yes. No, 100%. He did not disappear into it at all for me because it was clownery. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So the wink, the wink, the wink, the wink was too big. It like cut through the prosthetic. Yeah. Yeah, it just was, it was not effective. And I, I, it's rough because, and I think that the thing with him is he gets a lot of credit for being someone who quote unquote disappears into roles. Like, you know, he's obviously not a transgender woman. He won an Oscar for playing one, probably right in the nick of time, probably about a year and a half later, that would have been completely unacceptable. But he did win an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club for playing a transgender woman. He obviously is one of the... Uh, you know, list of jokers that we have. And he was method on that set and sending his cast members like rats in the mail, literally. Um, I just, it's too much for me. And he sucks. sucks. Like I'm over it. I'm over the Jared Leto thing. And like, like I've been for a while and house of Gucci just to me, because I feel it was disrespectful. That's why that's, this is where I'm completely. Yeah. I think we, it's so funny. Like to me, Jared Leto, is someone who, while he's like had these dumb little transgressions and he seems to be an insufferable person, like he hasn't ever like made me care how I feel about him. And now I actually care enough to say that (laughs) I dislike him. Yeah, it's not, it's, I don't, I think he's like, you know what the thing is? Like, like he to me is one of the frustrating ones because like, I do feel like he does have talent 
You know what I mean? Like I can totally like see he's a talented person. I think he's a talented musician. You know, his music is not for me, but I actually heard him do a cover of Rihanna Stay one time on that Radio Lounge or Radio One oh, Lounge, yeah, BBC the British one. thing. Yeah. BBC One. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I think that when he plays roles that are appropriate for him, and we could get into a larger discussion about what role is quote unquote appropriate for an actor whose job is to inhabit other things. But I just think for me, I actually come out of it way more when I see him playing far from himself. You know when I like him? My so-called life. You know when I like him? Girl Interrupted. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm, I like him mm-hmm. when he's giving something that I identify with and I recognize. Yeah, yeah. I don't like Waluigi biopic. I have a really strange, potentially unfair question to ask. Sure. This is just, I just want to see, I just because I can't, I don't know what the answer is to this. Mm-hmm. Let's say Linda Tripp, Sarah Paulson. Mm-hmm. Would it have worked? Would she have been good or effective in the role if she didn't have the prosthetics on, if she wasn't wearing the fat suit? I don't know. Here's the thing. I think she's always going to be good because I think yeah. that Sarah is incredibly talented. And I left watching that series, which I did watch the whole thing. I, I was actually really impressed with her because I thought there was a degree of humanity that she gave the character. My issue lies in... You know, there's a lot of plus-size actresses. That's she 100%. Is a gorgeous, thin, blonde woman. And again... I guess I'm asking this because I haven't seen it, so I don't know how much of... She's incredible. No, no, I'm sure she's incredible, but I'm, I'm not sure how much the show makes mm. um, it a characteristic that she is fat. But then you've told me, like, there's so many lean cuisine scenes and all this stuff, and like, yes. I'm sure, like, the human Linda Tripp was obviously... The way people perceived her was obviously informed by her weight and her figure. Mm-hmm. And that's why you get like John Goodman playing her on SNL. Like it's like, mm-hmm. it's like that's which is shitty, you know? It's like, ooh. There is a narrative thread in the series, which is yes, from the first episode, you see her sort of, you know, following 90s diet trends. Um, but it's less about her weight that she's made fun of and ridiculed and bullied in the public eye and more because of two things. One, she fully betrayed her best friend and it was like a very, to the public at the time, and you could agree, you could argue now, uh, black and white betrayal. Um, she's a she's a horrible person. We just right say, sorry. and and it does it does color in some shades of gray, but mm-hmm. she definitely did something that I think this this the series sort of hints at that she regretted for the rest of her life, mm-hmm. um, because it did destroy Monica's life at the time. But also, it's more about her getting ridiculed because she is, and this is like the word that they would all use, she, ugly. It's about mm-hmm. how ugly she is, how ugly she is, how ugly she is. Mm-hmm. And so by the end of the first season, and this really happened, Linda Tripp in real life got extensive cosmetic surgery to look right. completely different so that A, she wouldn't be recognizable and, and you know, torn apart for the rest of her life and she could start her life over. But also B, because Sarah Paulson actually has a line in the last episode where she says, you know, I never actually realized how ugly I was until everyone told me. Mm. which is heartbreaking. There's something to the fact that there's a fucking gorgeous actress playing her who has right. no shortage of opportunities. Right. So right. that's, I guess, it, you know, it's it's an interesting conversation. Yeah. And when that's, there's no responsibility or any sort of like stage gate for like someone, for Sarah to be like, I shouldn't take the role. You know, like that's not what we're saying. We're just saying there's this dilemma in Hollywood that may or may not 
go away. Yeah, well, it's it is a you know it's a thing of like well not not to rope it into the diversity conversation, but it's like what about people who do look like regular people? You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I mean, no, I know. The, Linda Tripp was I mean. Whether or not whether or not she was unattractive is subjective ultimately, but it's also like so much. The show is so much about the beauty standard, yeah. That for them to put an actress in a fat suit and a prosthetic to make her less attractive is problematic. Yes, yes. When yes. you're doing a show about the beauty standard, right, right. If not problematic, then like diluted, and like we as an audience don't really sort of buy in. Yeah, and I also think, you know, Ryan Murphy really likes to work with who he works with. Yeah, and I also yeah. don't begrudge him that. I think that he he obviously prefers to work with certain actors. And I think that Sarah Paulson is one of the best one actors of the best. out there. So I don't begrudge that. I just think, you know, if we were to leave watching this series without discussing that, and it's interesting we talk about it in the thing of House of Gucci, because at a certain point, it's a talking point, I think, for the opposite reason they want it to be. Exactly. Because exactly. it doesn't allow us to opt in. It actually distracts us from. Yes, yes, yes. I love this. Mm. I think it's time to move on. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister and any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yes. We're all going together, the Lost Cult family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming, too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow... So could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Take back your finances. 
build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas. That's Chime.com forward slash culturistas. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. You know, but one of the toughest things about decorating my apartment has been getting things framed. Finding a place that will custom frame all my beautiful art pieces that I have without breaking the bank has been close to impossible. But then I found FrameBridge. I found FrameBridge too. FrameBridge makes it easy to get anything framed at an affordable price. Easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a FrameBridge retail store. Upload a digital photo for them to print and mail your item using their free, secure, prepaid packaging. Or visit one of their 20 plus retail stores. FrameBridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. I love going into the brick and mortar locations. I've got one here in Brooklyn and they're so sweet. They can give you inspiration for what you want get framed. I went in and I was like, I'm going to get my Chromatica ball bracelet framed. And they helped me. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I have so many memories I need framed and put upon the wall. And uh, they have a curated selection of frame styles with design experts right on hand who make it fun to choose the perfect frame for you. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's FrameBridge.com. So I wanted to ask you about a movie that we just both saw, which you told <gasps> me that you watched and I enjoyed so much. Oh which, my God, I loved and I, it. I mentioned it last week on the pod and I'm really so happy that you watched it and your parents enjoyed it so much, which was Passing. Passing. By Rebecca Hall. By Rebecca by Rebecca Hall. Loved it so much. And I, we watched it. I watched it with my parents because I'm now I'm having to pick up movies where there are Chinese subtitles mm. and Netflix with at least their original stuff will have... Chinese subtitles on. Oh, that's great. And so played it, had the subtitles on. My dad keeps being like, I don't need these. I can understand what's going on. I actually had that question for you, though. I did. Uh I did. I did. I I wondered just how much of it they were able to follow. They were, they followed all of it. They loved it. But um, the subtitles thing is funny. And it's this funny, like first generation thing, I guess, maybe where first generation millennial Gen Z mm-hmm. thing. You are either overestimating or underestimating how much your parents can like <laughs> your immigrant parents who don't speak English right. uh, as their first language can like absorb narratively in something. Yeah. But I feel like passing was a movie that ended up being so like so wonderfully lean and yet so effective in its mm-hmm. storytelling and the narrative that like they got it and they understood everything that was going on. Yes. This I mean I Love this movie. I love. I I, I I pretty much loved everything about it. I mean, yeah. I thought that Tessa Thompson was <gasps> exquisite, and I think mm. that she she is not getting talked about enough at this yeah. time of year because I think there's a lot of bigger, louder performances. But she. So what? If people don't know, the story is about Tessa Thompson is a woman who lives in Harlem, and this is 1920s in New York, and she one day is passing in a white part of the city so that she can run errands. 
And what that means for people that don't know is that she is basically light skinned enough where she can sort of disguise herself as a white woman so that she is not attacked, ridiculed, harassed or worse in this white part of town where she needs to run errands for the day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's a very hot day. So she stops in a hotel and runs into a childhood friends of hers played by immaculate Ruth Ruth Nega, who is fully passing as a white woman with blonde hair, married to Alexander Skarsgård, who continues to push himself like, and play, he does, there's no monster he won't play. And there's something brave about it. it. It's very brave. I am, part of me is maybe worried that this is all he's getting offered. It's a little typecast <laughs> threatening. He's obviously someone who we no, I mean, he's versatile. Eric Northman. Like, I think, I think that he he's one of the best actors uh, as well. He's but yeah, he plays her husband, and basically, like, they have a conversation that leaves both of them wanting to reconnect. Yes, and it's dangerous because Alexander Skarsgård is a major racist, and so they start a friendship again, and the movie takes off from there, and it's just, it's just fabulous. I mean, she, Rebecca Hall wrote this, right? And directed? She wrote and directed it based on her own experience of finding mm. out that her grandfather passed. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was such like a, I told you this, right? And I think, I really think, I don't think I'm off here. There was a Tennessee Williams quality about this. It Absolutely. felt very streetcar, like Absolutely. her like coming into the home of this marriage. Like it just, and she was playing like Southern Belle, like Blanche Dubois, like Ruth. Um, And it was just so... So like wonderfully done. Yeah, it's shot in black and white as a stylistic choice. Yeah, I mean, ooh, I loved it. I loved it so much. I mean, we're just saying how much we love it, right? We're just gushing. I don't. Know I mean, what, what I, I, I don't. I obviously don't want to give much of the plot away, yeah, but right. it is really, actually, it's very interesting as a as a movie to look at right now. I think particularly in our times, because one of the subplots, which I thought was really interesting is um, Tessa Thompson and her husband have a disagreement about how much to tell their children about violence towards black people. Mm -hmm. And I thought that it was a really, really fascinating conversation and argument that they have because Tessa Thompson is the more light skinned in the couple. And she thinks our kids don't need to know about it. And her husband, who's more dark skinned and cannot pass, her husband cannot pass, doesn't have that privilege. He is like, no, they do need to know about Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. And, you know, you see the way that Ruth Nega, who is, you know, extremely charismatic and does pass, is able to step back into black society and really becomes the bell of the ball. So it's so much internally going on in Tessa Thompson's character to the point where it all ends up to this climax, which is, you know, really, really, really um, impactful. And I just think that everyone should watch it because it's so beautifully done. And Tessa Mm -hmm. Thompson, I think this put her in a different league for me. Absolutely. And I was telling you that like she had a very difficult thing to accomplish in this role where between Stella and Blanche, like Blanche is the more interesting one. Like it's the Mm -hmm. same thing here. It's like, or it's like, or like, it's like similar to Zola in a way where it's like the looser, I mean, not the looser canon, like the, the more mysterious person, the actor, like that role is just a little bit shinier and more fun. Yes. To an audience. And for her to sort of have to be this like grounding, thing yeah person i'm sorry i'm so stoned (laughs) 
but does but does this make sense? Like she like it makes hundred percent like, sense. She really had to like hold that groundedness. I just think we don't respect nuance enough. I, I just mm-hmm. think, especially mm-hmm. you know, it's just so hard to do. Yeah, and I think that even in Gaga's performance in House of Gucci, like people are gonna think, oh, this is like you know, an over-the-top, like, wildly emotional performance, but there is nuance in it. And I think that that's really what I look for, is I look for those little things under the surface that that tell you all you need to know. And passing has so much of that, and I think it's also credit to the script. And Rebecca Hall, you know, I've always been, like, interested in her as an actress. Like, I've always been, you know, aware of her. Like, I like her in Vicky Christina. I like her in... You know, um, she was in Frost Nixon, I think is the first thing I saw her in. She was in The Town. She's in lots of good stuff. Mm-hmm. She has a real talent as a writer. Yeah. Oh, my God. So tight. That script, like, for, yeah, I mean, that triangle of Tessa's character, the husband, and Ruth's is such a perfect, like, yes. triangulation. Sorry to say that again. But, like, for Tessa's character, where she's, like, caught between these two poles. And yes. It's so great. Yeah, I feel like, you know, the testament to great writing and also great direction and acting, obviously, is how much is articulated and what is not said. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. on the page, you know, what I love is there's very long scenes between the actors. Like, I really love, I miss that. I miss, I miss like, um, you know, because it very easily could be uh, a a scene on stage. Yeah. yeah. Um, And it was a novella. So it's 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 an adapted work. But this is um, a really, it's like there's scene study you can do in yeah, all of it yeah. because there's subtext and there's really rich things for the actress to play and they're just so good. I just can't recommend it enough. And I was yes. really happy that you watched it and, and liked it so much. Girl, I loved it. Let's move on. Should we talk about, speaking of colorism, should we talk about <laughs> Potomac? Well, it's so, so yeah, I mean, just to dive back into our, like, our, because I feel like with Wendy, we were talking so much about her and her life that we really yeah. didn't get into it about Potomac. But this was the long teased episode. This was the long teased episode. But I I just want to say, this is not me patting us on the back. I was so surprised at her, at her surprise that the audience was registering the colorism that was happening on the show. Mm. Like when well, we brought it up, she seemed genuinely like shocked in a way. Like she was like, oh, I didn't know you guys were clocking that too. I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I think that is probably a testament to just how abandoned mm. dark-skinned black people and dark-skinned black women often feel in this conversation. Because, like, this is not this did not just come up on this show, no. No. you know. But these these things don't change, and I I think that you know to me it's very obvious. And obviously, last night was a more fun episode of the reunion yes. where Nicki Minaj got into so many things, but I still think we have this, you know, hanging narrative, um, which is the fact that, you know, there's that there's an issue at play there, but this was kind of just more fun. And I, I love that Nikki, like she really was willing to break the fourth wall a little bit yeah. with them, which I always enjoy. I love that. She knew that she, or Andy told her like, you can actually take a side in all these yeah. things. And yeah. she was like, Oh, 100%. And like, mm-hmm. she made it known. And I think she said a lot of things that the audience has thought the yeah. whole time. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I, I talked to a friend and I was like, oh my God, did you watch? What did you think? And he was like, I really hated it. He was like, I wish it would have been 20 minutes. And, but but then I was like, oh really? And he specifically referenced, and it made sense to me when he was like, yeah, like it was insane to watch like Candace squirm when like they were making her sing. Like that is something that was a little uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable actually. It was, it, that was the only moment where I felt bad for one yeah. of them. I was like, yeah, see, yeah. this is a little unfair because 
I mean, let's be real. Nicki Minaj is going to sit up there on that stage and be like, we know you use auto-tune. Do you think that she sang a note no. of the super bass chorus? Do you think that she... Come on. Starships was actually acapella. The final track is acapella. She's doing all of that with her with her own voice. It was army of computers on all of Nicki Minaj's of albums. Course. And we res- we respect her. And But to bring that in, I think, of course, she wanted to, you know stir it up a little bit but the thing is like the thing with singing like that it's like when you're put on the spot like that and you haven't been warming up like you know i i did feel bad for her and then you know her her acapella was not great like because she was nervous she was nervous it's clear she can sing though it's clear she can of sing. course and the song is a hit and i didn't appreciate the way that it was a mess nikki was making nikki and mia fuck mia mia's toast mia's done no piece of shit She's done. Done. But the way they were making Candace feel like it was not a successful single, like it absolutely is. To chart on Billboard is a huge accomplishment. It's a huge deal. And the way they, the way that Nikki was making faces, and I think this might have been the editing about the amount of mm. albums that Candace has sold. Like that's nothing to sneeze at. Like no one buys albums anymore. No one like, buys people, albums. Like you know, her single performed. It is the best Housewives single. Definitely a single, single from a housewife, right? Like I would say, I mean, unless a lot of people are in, a lot of people do love Tardy for the Party, which is Candy Burris. You know what I mean? Like she did write it. Sure, like, but like it is a hook. <laughs> like expensive and like how many fucks? Like those are just like sonically very fun, but like musically just like so stupid. Yeah, they're party songs. And like forget about Luann's stuff mm. but like this is a i thought it's i think it's a great album i'm happy that she released a new like she lined up the release for her new music video with this finale yeah this reunion um we we love candace we love candace and i actually okay so a lot of, we actually oh, no. got some blowback because they were like you know that nikki you know that candace has said homophobic things oh sure and i was like you know at a certain point like some people have more growing to do than others and it's also like I don't watch this show and every single time someone appears on my screen, I stop and say, hmm, hold on. Before I like them, let me go search through their Twitter. I'm sorry, but that's not my bag. There was a moment where it was brought up that LGBTQ people face persecution in this country in a very general sense. And all of the housewives agreed, nodded in acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. You, you get a single on Candace saying, mm-hmm. whatever, it's sad. Like... I feel like she is maybe growing. I feel like we're, I hope we are all in this place now in this conversation just about cancellation in general, mm-hmm. where it's like, I, I whatever. We, why, did I, why, do I, why, did, why do we talk about this? I'm sorry. Let's cut this part out. <laughs> I don't think we need to. I mean, like the thing is just like, look. Okay. We're watching the show and we're watching the characters as they are on the show. And yes. our opinion is this podcast stands the character of Candace on the show, okay? Sorry, like, uh, but, but I'm not looking through her fucking tax returns and her Twitter, and I don't actually know her as a person. I'm sorry, I don't follow it that closely. I watch the television show. So if you're going to unsubscribe from this podcast because we like Candace, that <laughs> says more about you, darling dear. It's fine, it's fine. Um, Where is your income, Roach, is one of the classic tweets. And I couldn't believe she said it to a woman as she was giving birth. But also, you know what? That's actually good television. And I, 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 I like is, it. Where is your income? Where is your income, Roach? And what? And then what did she say to Mia? You should be. You should be as grateful. You, you should. You should. 
she said you, you should have been, been grateful. You, you should have been, been more grateful. grateful. <laughs> and also, of course, iconic. She was trespassing. She was trespassing. I mean, like Candace gives and gives Candace and gives. Gives you the moments. I did like that. Andy went up to her at the end and was like, oh, "I have yeah. to give you props because that was really cool." And everyone is supporting you, and you sounded great, yes. and you did that. Like you know, y'all. I thought it was a great episode. Me Nikki too. Was, Nikki was really, I thought it the whole time about what Wendy was saying. It was like she was watching this woman push all of these other women off a cliff. And then she was like, oh shit, it's going to be my turn soon. I have a feeling and, they edited a lot out. I have a feeling that she yeah. went harder and they took it out because they were like, I mean, we can't. Just she was have so her easy on Giselle in the final edit that I'm like, she must have gone harder. It really came off that she was Team Giselle. And I was like, how can you watch the show and be Team Giselle? But like, I guess a lot of people, people are. are. A lot of people are Team Giselle. Readers even are Team Giselle. And we respect that. We disagree. Yeah. We think Giselle is a horrible person. <laughs> I do at least. At least as depicted. Okay. As, and yeah. again, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know Giselle's report card from third grade. I don't know. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. You know, Bowen, I sleep well. And I know I you do. I attribute that in many ways to the mattress that I sleep on. We both sleep on the Helix Midnight Mattress. It's given us sweet dreams aplenty. And the Helix lineup offers over 20 unique mattresses, including the reward-winning Lux and Ultra Premium Elite collections, the mm. Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids Mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts everywhere. Say it again. Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. Your personal personalized mattress is shipped right to your door free of charge. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Unique girl, the way you sleep is perfect. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash losculturistas. That's helixsleep.com slash losculturistas. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, Lost Culturistas listeners, we're here to tell you that there's no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com, then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. There's a lot of pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas for the birthdays of loved ones in my life. And sometimes I do get super stressed trying to find that perfect thing. Me too. But now with Gift Mode on Etsy, I can search hundreds of gifting personas and find so many incredible items. And I actually just found a custom chalk bag for the adventurer in my life who's into rock climbing. Not me. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So... 
Whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner in your life or a birthday present for the pickleballer in your life, Gift Mode has you covered. I'm not the pickleballer. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs Classic Clogs and Sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. So I feel that we would be remiss to not mention that like if we're this is going to be a culture podcast, like uh-huh. we truly have lost one of the great artists of all time who is like the Shakespeare of musical theater, it's been said, and I would mm-hmm. agree, I would which agree. is Stephen Sondheim. I mean, we just have to like Oof. truly re- give respect because that was a hard one. Even though he was 91, I believe mm-hmm. that is a hard one to not have on planet earth. Uh, this is so this is this. I'm just saying this because it, it felt like a beautiful coincidence in my life. Mm-hmm. The news broke and I, it, it, it came up on my phone that he had passed away. Like the moment it was like reported, I think not that it matters, but like I was sitting in the theater for house of Gucci by myself mm. uh, and, the, and the trailers came up and it was West side story. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like that, like I was like, I was watching, I was listening and watching like his work as like he, whatever. Um, yeah. No, as, it's funny. As I learned as I learned that he was. Yeah. You, you bring that up. And also, I mean, by the way, speaking of the trailers, like they showed that West Side Story trailer and it was just so gorgeous and looks so beautiful. I can't wait. And Rachel Ziegler, are you coming on? You're She's, invited. I saw her at the, the opening night of six. What'd she say? She was like, first of all, stunning. No, no, not even that. Yes, stunning. The perfect vibe. The perfect vibe. Obsessed. Obsessed. We're obsessed. Oh my God. I was like, you are a good person. You are fun energy. So talented, obviously. Mm. Just a perfect, ooh, Snow White. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Come on. A human Snow White, not even in like the princessy way, but just like someone that you're like, oh, what an what an icon. What I'm saying is, if you want to be treated like the princess, <laughs> come on, Lost Culture. Come on, Lost Culture. Rachel. And we want to talk to you. Well, she she said, I she said, I want to come on. See, here's the thing though. Rachel, I'm talking to you. Rachel. I don't, I don't want to deal with your publicist. I, I like because they're gonna say, Oh, I don't know. Like, She's got no. a lot of press. She's she she and Steven are doing this, this, this. No, 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 she no. And we're gonna, blah, blah, blah. We no, we're gonna talk to you only. We'll, we'll get, we won't even deal with the people. We don't have to deal with your agent, nothing. We'll just get in the DMs and we'll do this old fashioned. Old fashioned. Because I don't wanna hear that. You know, whatever PR is like, well, she's got to do Colbert. It's like, no, you do Lost Colch. No, you do okay? Lost Colch. Honey. Oh, by the way, there's a great, um, it's the CNN docuseries, but there's a great one that's out on late night TV that I recommend to everybody who likes comedy. I watched it, learned a lot, loved it. 
I mean, I I am watching anything these days, so I will check that out. But it's on HBO. It's on HBO Max. Is HBO Max. also meant to say? Like right, CNN's good. putting all their documentaries on HBO Max, and they're oh, good to know. Generally fun to watch. Good to know. They I mean, they got all the good docs, but basically, um, anyway, like Stephen Sondheim passing, and now West Side coming out. I'm just. I think this is going to be even bigger than it was going to be. I mean, I already feel like West Side is going to come out and pretty much clear the deck. Like yeah. when that trailer came out, I was like, amazing. I mean, Chills. just just incredible. And I did hear from some people that saw it because now it's starting to screen that it is fantastic and everything. Mm. And I just think, you know, what a I don't really necessarily believe in like, you know, the fate or whatever. But for this to be coming out uh-huh. like at the end of his life and it's unbelievable that he's 60 years gone. 60th anniversary of the show yeah it's just and that Rita Moreno is in it yeah you know what Ugh. I mean like this is and I, I I mean talk about someone who there's a the, there's a piece in The Guardian that came out about her Bowen you have to read it I she will. has just lived the most extraordinary oh, life course. she talks about how you know speaking of Streetcar before she was in like an eight year relationship throughout the 50s with Marlon Brando that was like mm-hmm. insane mm-hmm. she was treated so badly like truly the first agent she ever had he raped her and she had to stay with him <sighs> like horrible 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 treatment after she won the Oscar for West Side Story she wasn't offered anything but like like maids and like girlfriends and like bad gangster movies like very like racially stereotypical parts for mm-hmm, years mm-hmm. didn't work for seven years in film after that like worked her way in television and theater and one woman shows all the way to her getting an EGOT and now only in her 80s after her late husband passed away was she able to like really get to know herself like it's just an mm-hmm. amazing and she has a, there's a documentary about her coming out but she's in the new West Side apparently there's a mm-hmm. role they pretty much created for her and apparently she's amazing but there's just so much to celebrate in West Side coming out. And, you know, Stephen Sondheim was, and, you know, if you listen to this podcast enough, you know that we stand. But, I mean, a true legend and, mm. uh, like, genius talent. And, like, not in a way where you say, like, oh, you know, Selena Gomez's album is genius. No, this is, like, a real, this is a real <laughs> genius. Like, um, it's just. Not that Selena so Gomez sad. can't put out a Sondheim level album. Not that she doesn't have genius in her future. I'm just saying, if we in a world where I use her as an example, I th- yes, we throw I around the word genius, saying. icon, etc., legend. You know, we throw around these words. This was a true. <sighs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I I almost he's the kind of person that like it's immediately humbling to me for me to say I have nothing to add to like what. Mm what is being said about like this man's life. Like I'm truly like what a, like it, it, it's all, it's all been like considered and like appreciated at the right moment. Like, and also what I love, this is my, oh, this is such bullshit. Like whatever, like Instagram, like inspiring quote, but like he really didn't like fully like come into his like, whatever, like peak as a lot of people might put it like in his forties and fifties. Right. Like that's what I think is also, I don't know, a, a cool thing to think about maybe like, yeah, it's just like, like I think I think Sunday came Sunday in the Park came out like I think when he was like late forties early fifties. That all makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine being capable artistically and creatively of the things he was at a young age. But then it's like you know. And by the way, did you have you watched the movie Tick Tick Boom? I haven't yet, and I'm kind of waiting for like I'm saving it for the right moment, which I know is so annoying to hear. Um, it but, is another yeah. fabulous movie that's out I, right I now. Wait. I, I watched wait. it. It's also on Netflix. Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield is so incredible in it. 
it. Yeah. I mean, uh. he's so amazing in it. And the movie is, is, of course, about Jonathan Larson. You know, it's about him basically struggling to become successful mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, etc. And he reveres and idolizes Stephen Sondheim. Mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. movie, like, treats Stephen Sondheim as this, like, huge character. And basically it ends with him getting a note from Stephen Sondheim that encourages him. Mm -hmm. And so this obviously, and Jonathan Larson would end up writing Rent, obviously, and that went on, I I think, believe the story is he died on the night of, or the night before the first preview of Rent off-Broadway or whatever. Um, And it would obviously go on to revolutionize modern musical theater. But the fact that this movie reveres him so, and that these people in musical theater revere him so, and that this movie is coming out now, it just does like feel like this very odd, eerie, perfect storm of Mm -hmm. you have to be, you know, grateful for both the life that he lived and the art that he gave, but also that he gets to really be truly celebrated like, by his legacy and his work at this time. If you're, yeah. if, if there's anything to be thankful about or grateful about when someone passes, yes, at least yes. that, at least it's like that recognition, because I don't think like as an artist and as a creator and as someone who has influenced so many, there's anything better than that to know that as right. you leave, there's this love for you, you know? Mm. So just very special. Very special. I think we can talk about Either Survivor or Selling Sunset. <laughs> I want. I want. I want to talk about both, and that's actually okay. that's actually something I put my foot down about. To but I move do want... out of Steven Sondheim. <laughs> oh yeah. please, that's Lost Culture. That's, that's Lost Culture flavor. Because um, wait, I just want to tell you. Did you see that the Grammy nominations came out and there was the scandal? I haven't been following the Grammys. Okay, so the Grammy nominations came out. Like, and of, of course, the first episode of this podcast is called the Grammys. The Grammys. So we always have to like pay respects to our origins here. Uh-huh. So the Grammy nominations came out and like there was 10 nominees in all the general categories. Right. And it's like mostly Olivia Rodrigo and she'll like sweep and, and do John great. Pat- but, Baptiste and yeah. Yeah. So um, basically they, it came out that there was originally only going to be eight nominees for album of the year. And then they decided to add two more at the last second. And it was Donda by Kanye West and Evermore by Taylor Swift. That's what it, okay. Yes. Yes. I have vaguely picked this up. Yeah. Um, I mean, whatever. Like, who fucking cares? It's so stupid that I that leaked. It. It's like the Grammys continue to be a complete joke. mess. Like, yeah. they're such a joke. It's so annoying. And then I for know. that to leak, it's so disrespectful to them. It makes them look so bad as an awards body. It's just such flops. And, you know, I guess, <sighs> like, ultimately all for nothing because, you know, Olivia and Driver's License are just going to walk out with all the awards, I would imagine. Maybe Lil Nas X wins album, but, I mean. I mean, oh, but we do. Let's give a shout out to Japanese Breakfast for being a Grammy nominee. Mm. Fucking great year for her. Came in with a book. Mm. Came in with a new album. It's so good. Um, Congrats, Michelle Zahner. Mm. Um, I'm talking about her as if she's like a friend of the pod. She's not. I just, I did one book event with her over Zoom <laughs> in the winter and 
I don't know. I feel like we're friends. We're not. We're not. But well, it's great to derive some positive out of the Grammy nominations. Oh, yeah. I looked at them and I was like, are we kidding here? And then I when know. that controversy came out, I was like, oh, God, they really can't fucking help themselves. Like, just don't have it leak. I'm just, how does that happen? I, I know. I know. I know. Um, wait, speaking of music, do, what's your favorite track on 30? We didn't even talk oh, about 30. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. It, we, we didn't talk about 30 last week because we had Wendy on and we couldn't distract from the conversation. No. Um, Favorite track off 30, Cry Your Heart Out and mm. Love is a Game. I texted you when yeah. um, when I first heard Love is a Game uh, at the, with, during the concert special, and I was like, this is a gorgeous song. New classic. New classic. We will to be, be Loved is my shit. I mean, To I Be mean, Loved is... The vocals insane. on To Be Loved at the end, it's just like... And then I saw an interview with her, and she's like, I'll never sing it live. I'll never do it. I can't. Who could? And then she pushes on her Instagram doing it. Like, uh-huh. ripping it In apart. Her living room. Yeah, 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 just killed it. I mean, She'll do she's it. never sounded better. Like, the vocals are warm. Lubricated. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But deep. But still deep. Oh, we love it. I mean, she's love like it. giving you like clean melisma like uh-huh. she's she's just like she is like an instrument she never doesn't hit the note like she's really just and you feel it Ugh. you feel it you know what i really kind of like am responding to in my like or I, what i tried to like really internalize from her oprah interview was mm. when she was like when oprah asks her about like where the voice comes from or whatever and she's just like i feel like i like i like connect with something bigger and like a, a lot of artists say this but like She's like whenever I she's like whenever I sing like I'm not I, like I'm not like really in my body or something right. right she she was like I'm kind of like I'm not aware of what I'm doing 100% mm-hmm. and like she's connecting with some like I don't know like she's channeling thing. she's channeling yes that's what she said and so like I'm trying to like do that more does that sound so stupid no I, I'm trying I, I'm fact, trying to like sh- I'm trying to do that when I'm like writing when I'm like trying mm-hmm. to come up with like an idea I'm like let think me just less. Like, let me just think less let me just like think up like i don't not not that that's the direction but like but like crown chakra like let me just like connect with like the bigger thing yeah and i don't know i'm like cheesily like getting into that no i mean 100 percent. and like it's whatever people could drag me for this if they want but it oh, did inspire me oh my god like, why would even, people drag you even today like henry and i were running through the songs and i think i had a more difficult time with the first like three or four just because i was getting back into it also, it's Christmas. Is you're you're gonna belt your fucking <laughs> and that's the off. first song. So that's that's <laughs> that one, and then it goes right into the second song, which is vocally difficult, and then ballads start. And so there's but there's a song that I do sixth in my show, which is my favorite thing I've ever written, and it's is my favorite it? thing I've ever done. It's called Every Christmas Eve, uh-huh. and it's my Mrs. Claus song, and it's actually one of the more vocally tough ones. Yeah. But I said to Henry after we did it, because I felt really good about the way it went today. And he I could tell he he did too. And I was like, you know what's easy about that one is because <laughs> it you really just try to tell the story yeah. and feel it. And like Ooh. honestly, do do little lyrical analysis in it. Like even if even though it's my own writing, just like to try to like think less about like whether or not your voice feels good yeah, or whether or not you're being good. funny or whether or not whatever. And it's just actually a lot more simple. It's about just like, like just getting the work across, you know what yeah. I mean? And just, just cause it is actually all about telling stories. Like when you're a comedian, when you're a performer or whatever, like just focusing on the articulation of it and less about the bullshit that is like 
you know, whether the notes are right, right. or whether like, or whether, or whether my, I'm on my mark or whatever this thing. I'm like, yes, that's uh-huh. annoying. Uh-huh. But and like, it's, it's like frou-frou or whatever, but it actually does help you free up and discover things as a performer. I love that you're incorporating this in your own work as you lead up to your shows. I also just want to say this reminded me of the way that Taylor Swift has talked about songwriting. Mm -hmm. Do you know this? Where she's like, the best way I can describe songwriting is there was like a magical cloud in front of you and you're supposed to catch it before it goes away. Mm, Like you're you're supposed to like capture this like thing you're supposed to capture this like magical thing that you can't touch, you can't grab, but you got to like get it down on like paper or something yeah. like before before it leaves you. And I'm like, that is kind of maybe the same frou-frou thing where it's like you're supposed to like commune mm-hmm. with this thing that comes to you that like passes by and you have to, have to like get it down before it leaves you. I don't I know. Don't, I don't know about you, but almost... I'm feeling 22. <laughs> almost... And you know that she wrote that in a state of channeling. Oh my God, she was channeling. First of all, it's Rule of Culture number 39. When Taylor Taylor wrote wrote 22, 22, she was channeling. channeling. Um, But it's so rare that when I labor over something or work on something really hard that it ends up being really good. Meanwhile, it's like when I shit something out or like something just comes. Oh my God. It is so much... Well, I don't know. It's just like when I think about the things I'm really proud of or the things that Uh I'm like still performing now... It's usually stuff that came very easily to me. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, I love that. And that's such a good feeling. Yeah. It's such a good feeling when it just kind of flows out. And for some people, like, it just happens. I feel like you are one of those people where it just really does, it flows out of you. When it happens, it happens. And when it doesn't, it doesn't. But I'm saying it's not about when it happens or when it doesn't. I'm saying it happens often for you. And that is what's beautiful. For me, like, it's... I don't know. There's there, the spigot is fucked because I'm like it's it's a slow drip. You have to create all the time though. I think that's that's the difference. Is like I, this is this is what I've never gotten about SNL, and I'll just be totally transparent about yeah. this. You guys basically it makes, no, it's so have bad. to create the thing on it's Tuesday. So bad. It's so hard. Like it's one day. I know. It's and that so to weird. me is like, I, I get I get that it's like a scheduling thing and I get that that's just the way it works. But I, I just always thought about like, what if somebody has a brilliant fucking idea? And of course, like things happen in the news and it gets channeled through right, to the right. cold open and stuff. And that's not, not a part of the show. But so like creativity is so not necessarily like that. And you'd have to be such a specific type of person to be able to just be like, okay, sitting down to do this during my allotted time uh-huh, and this uh-huh. is when I'm going to get it right. You know, which I know is not as basic as it is, but no, 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 you know I what know. I mean? Um, the, the thing that happens most often, and I think maybe the saddest thing that happens is you have a great idea, but then it, and this is what you're saying basically, but like you burn it that week because you just didn't execute you didn't get the right time to like execute it the right way right and so then like you do it in front of all your co-workers on wednesday and it mm-hmm. fucking bombs and, and it then has stink you're, on it it has stink on it and then like more likely than not you're never gonna like use that idea again when it might have been a perfectly great idea because i oh my god this is, this is my example mm-hmm. Sudi and i wrote a sketch last season where it was all about it was me and don Mullaney playing a couple and our thing was that we kept swallowing in the middle of sentences. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it just, it just, and then like, it, which like, I like, 
I'm really hung up about this because like it could have so been funny. it could have been something great and we just didn't get it the first time and now like I can never do it again. I I, I kind of feel like I can't bring it up again. It would be iconic if you did that every table read. <laughs> like just every table read tried to make the swallowing in the middle of sentences thing happen like would actually be the funniest shit ever. Oh my because it's the dumbest idea. It's like half an idea but it's Didn't just, it it's, happen with Vanessa though? Like isn't that a thing? Like I, I think oh, it happened to it happen. Everyone has one of these stories. Like yeah. everyone has one of these. Everyone has or like white whale or you know or that like you keep comedy trying white whale. to get in or not that you keep trying to get that you can't you can't like you can't oh. you know capture or, i don't know you can't like find it um yeah and so that's mine for now um my other one is i want to Hul- see that julio and i have written several sequels at this point to sarah lee and <laughs> none of them have gotten picked i can't believe that that's true it's, it's crazy tr- to me do you want to do you want to know something um, yes <laughs> i won't reveal to who but I had to run it by one of the producers when Chalamet was hosting. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, Julio and I wrote a follow-up to Sarah Lee for Timothy. It's called Chef Boyardee. It's really, we think it's really funny. Um, and then this producer says, you know, I think we've done it too many times. And I, I was like, we've only done it once. Yeah. And I think what he meant was I brought it to table too many times. Right, right, right. Like, which like, is maybe another, which is, which is another time. shitty yeah. thing. I'm like, yeah. oh well, now like I ruined this. Like, what one of my proudest like pieces of writing, Sarah Lee. Like, I hate that. Like, it's it's there's no like afterlife. There's no like second life for it. I you know, know what though? Sometimes uh, whatever. I'm not dragging anything about like sometimes i'm really happy to see things come back and i would be thrilled to see that come back maybe one or two more times oh there have been some sketches where it's like all right i'm just gonna say it okay gilly i think it was done 12 times because but that's why it's so i don't know i think think it lost it for me after the fourth or fifth of course of course like by the third one everyone's like (laughs) truly no one's laughing at it in, in 8h but like I think there is there is a meta humor layer here that I think Kristen would cop to where it's yeah, like, oh maybe. yeah. She was like, <laughs> Gilly's in again. <laughs> like Gilly's in again. Like that's part of why it's funny is because it's like the one joke and yeah. it never heightens. It's I like that it's with what so up with that too. What up with that oh, yeah. at one time was was SNL. It like right, was right. Saturday Night Live. Like what up with that happened? And you know what I never got tired of? I mean, we'll just Deep House Dish. Deep House, Deep House Dish. Dish. No, because at least the songs were different or whatever. <laughs> but I never... They need to bring Deep House Dish back. Because let's not pretend that Keenan isn't still there. Like, we need... Di- Can you pitch Deep House Dish? Well, James Anderson doesn't work there anymore. Mama, and that's his baby. pass the torch. Pass the torch. I know, no. I, I'm going to no, text I, him. I'm going to text him. I'm gonna you like, should Can text you please James. give the blessing to do Deep House Dish again? Because the, the new kids need Deep House Dish. It would hit now more than ever. Absolutely. It really would. You should text James. In fact, everybody, to. the readers. One day when I host. When when Matt hosts, we'll do it. But I think the readers <laughs> should try to try to communicate. I'm not saying bombard James with DMs. Actually, no, I take it back. But I think James needs to be like, quote unquote, pulled out of retirement for one last deep house dish. Wouldn't you all agree? I do. I mean, I, I, I don't. <laughs> Wouldn't you, you know agree with I what agree. I said? I do. No, I'm just so Wouldn't you agree? I do. <laughs> That was iconic. <laughs> that's actually, wow. See, this is what I'm saying. The flow state, baby. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm jealous of? I'm actually really jealous because, um, you know, obviously it's, well, today we're recording on Cyber Monday. Yeah. And <laughs> Ira posted like his Keep It merch. And I was like, uh, 
why don't we do Lost Culture merch? Like, I want Lost Culture merch. Like, there's so much good merch we could do. We've, we we had a merch period. There's still some items that you can buy off of TeePublic. We are looking for a new platform. Let's just yeah. say we're, look, we're looking for a new vendor. Readers, formerly publicists, would you buy Lost Culture merch? I mean, we know the answer is yes. I would love... Everyone's very enthusiastic. And that's... I was thinking the other day, I was like, God, I'm so lucky. Grateful. Mm-hmm. Thankful Absolutely. on Thanksgiving. Thankful for the Thanksgiving. I'm actually I'm absolutely emotional most of the time when I think readers. about the podcast. Oh my god, the readers are the most special people. The readers have given me everything. You think I'd be selling out these shows without oh the readers? God. There's no way. I know they're all readers. I'm talking about them like I I I, I I'm trying to be careful about not making them sound like fucking like pop star stands. That's not no. That we they know who they are. First of all, we just fired them. So we have to be nice to them. We have to be nice to them. They've all been fired in the app. Publicist job. They they lost their jobs. Now. Okay, so before we start crying because of the readers, we have to talk about Selling Sunset. And then we we have to talk about Survivor. Both. This is a long episode and that's fine. Selling Sunset. I have not finished this. Me me neither, me neither, me neither. I will say, what are your basic general reactions? Because I have a few. You know, okay. This is, I, in a state of half sleep, had this realization. It's not a realization, but like I think everyone knows at this point that it's like the most mindless show that's ever been made. But oh, yeah. I really do think like there's something pretty amazing about like Adam Devello between like the the hills and selling sunset. Like it feels like they're speaking a different language. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like they're they're yes. they're, they're talking they're using a different vocabulary. I think I think they must all I think when you're on the show, the producers hand you a sheet of paper and on mm. that paper it says 100 words total. Yep. And they tell, and the producers say, you can only, whatever comes out of your mouth has to be from this list of 100 words. You cannot say anything besides these words. That actually is 100% real. <laughs> and that is my realization. With and I love say. that one of those words is escrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Escrow, conceited. Like when Emma said, that, like when Emma, Emma just celebrated in her chair and by lifting up her Waif thin arms and she goes uh-huh. well I'm in escrow and they were all like escrow <laughs> and they were just screaming the word escrow and I was like wow I'm obsessed with each and every one of these young women these young women um, I think I think Vanessa and Emma are great additions great Emma, additions Emma I can't tell if I'm on her side or not she has the smallest face in the world she has the smallest face the tiniest chin I was just gonna say she has a tiny little head she's like in the best way she's like that alien in Men in Black with the tiny head but a gorgeous version but a gorgeous version who runs a vegan food company which we stan she weighs 76 pounds I do love that she like runs like a vegan company and yet she still takes private jets. It's like, okay, well, it's, yep. they, 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 they cancel out beautifully. I love that. It, she should marry Leonardo DiCaprio. They, <laughs> they're they made for each other. They are. Love her. Vanessa is iconic. Loved her sob story in the beginning that her oh sister my passed. God. And then she became a real estate agent because of her. And now she's sort of like little Christine. She's a villain. At least in, at least in the part that we're on. Okay. Should we play this game? Now that yeah. they, now that we have it, because you and I checked in earlier in the week when Selling Sunset season four was about to drop, and you were like, "Are you a?" You were like, "You said I was a Chriselle, which I took offense to." I no, I didn't say you were Chriselle. I said I was Chriselle. I no, said that you Chriselle. were Mary. I'm. Well, I also. I'm sorry. I I took offense to you calling me Mary. And I, here's what I'll say: the more I watched it, I was like, "He is not Mary." Because let me tell you, who's lost it? 
Mary. Mary. If you watch this, if you watch season one to season four, it is a case study in in reality television breaking someone. Yeah. Mary is right. Mary is going crazy being on this show. And the first season, she she was kind of the most likable person. She was the most grounded, and you can not see likeable, she's yeah, like, that's not what I meant. I'm sorry. I meant yeah, just like just someone that like the audience surrogate. Like oh, like this is the person who like is most like me sitting at home. Her breakdown at the dog party was <laughs> truly iconic. I mean, the dog's birthday party, and she goes, "You know, Jason, we spent a lot of money on this. This is our friends and our dogs, and it's our dog's birthday." And she came in, and she's gonna start drama at the dog's birthday, and I was just like. <laughs> This is absolutely unhinged, all because Christine came to the dog's Walked birthday party. In. Every time Christine enters a room, I laugh and applaud. Nailball, but okay, I'm on episode six, and <laughs> at least five different times this has happened. Christine and Maya are together. Maya goes, Wow, Christine, I can't believe you just had a baby. I can't believe you just had a baby the other week. I, <laughs> I, I can't have the baby like that. Four different times. Like, 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 go back and like watch it. Like, like so many repetitive. I'm telling you, they were given a list of words. Yeah. And they could only say things from this list. The listing. Sudi Green is doing great impressions oh, of Maya on her, on her her Instagram. Maya is iconic. Chrissy Shackelford tweeted out the other day where she was like, Maya is the best character because she's us. She gets to sit there and just comment on all the drama and have nothing go on in her life and just basically say, wow. <laughs> and it's it is so funny. Also, this is going to sound crazy, but let me know if you agree. Okay. When Davina came back, <laughs> I actually was obsessed. <laughs> I miss Davina. I mean, she's clearly like an integral part of the show. <laughs> I just think she's so funny. She's just so funny in like the most unintentional ways. Like she's just, what a fucking, what a buffoon. I'm I, obsessed. I love her. Yeah, I love like what she brings to the show. I just think like you can't take her seriously. You can't take most of these people seriously, including Brett and Jason. Oh, please. I did not know that Jason and Chriselle were full on dating now. What? You didn't know this? Okay, so this rocked my world. So season oh, five is basically going to be about how <sighs> Chriselle and Jason Oppenheim are now like in a serious romantic no, relationship. I'm going to vomit. Well, and that'll be like the second or third one he's dated in the office because obviously he was with Mammy, Mary. They owned that dog together that had the birthday party. Every time I say these words, I'm like, <laughs> I can't fucking believe it. Um, I just wow. watched the episode where Chriselle and Simu Liu are like about to fuck. Which he did look really hot. Oh yeah, of course. He's a very attractive person. I just am like so, I don't know what's well, going on. Well, they keep cutting to Jason. Now watch. Well, as oh. you watch, they keep cutting to Jason who like notices them. You're right. They do keep cutting to Jason. That's yeah. so funny. So they're building it into the narrative because eventually they, they get together. Chriselle Staus, every time she walks, she she opens double doors and walks out to a balcony and smiles at the sun. <laughs> I'm like, you are the protagonist, aren't you? Snow White, Rachel Ziegler, move over. I actually, I couldn't stand Chriselle before. This season, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm kind of with you. I like that she's standing up for herself when they were like, okay, guys, group meeting. Should we hire back Davina? She was like, no, I don't think so. She was really rude to me and I don't fucking like it. And she said, when she said like, I don't, I don't fuck, I fucking think so. I fucking don't agree. I was like, come on, Chriselle. I actually love that. And actually, what a, what a perfect play on her part to be like, okay, I've been a little too guileless on this show. Let me actually like, 
grow a spine. And like when Davina apologizes to her. Oh, I didn't there, see that yet. I'm okay. so excited. Oh, because she great, had said she didn't want the apology. Right. It's a great moment for Chriselle. Like she handles it perfectly. I'm really proud of her. I'm really excited. <laughs> Anyway, it's the dumbest show ever made, but we love it. We, we, we Christine I, is television's best villain. Of course, but I, she was on the cover of some magazine. I forget which, but they they called her reality TV's queen of camp. Let's cut it no. out. Let's stop throwing that word around again. It feels like it's 2019 Met Gala all over again. No, she's not camp. She's not camp. Let's like, like I don't know. Does poor Susan Sant have to like come back from the dead to like <laughs> she might explain have to. to you guys what this is? <laughs> Poor Susan Sons might have to come back from the dead and genuinely school the girls because Christina's not camp. Christina's in it's it's like I don't know it's it's not because it's not bad. Like Christine is, I, it's th- not like poor taste. Like she's obviously like she has like good taste in things. She looks like a cartoon, like a, a fantasy of femininity. I'm thinking really hard. Is the chair purse? Is the little chair purse camp? No, um, no, because like. Okay, my Cliff's Notes distillation of the the definition. I'm I'm getting this wrong. People will take issue with this, I'm sure, but it's like it's it's um celebrating bad taste. Mm-hmm. It's like celebrating bad taste as if it was something in good taste, essentially. Yeah, like the chairperson. Like, like the chairperson is, is not. It's it's kitsch. It's not camp. It's like yeah. oh, isn't this ironic? Like. Camp is not supposed to know its own irony. That's why, like, Mommy Dearest is camp because, like, everyone on that movie thought they were making the best biopic of all time. Right. Which you is know? also why House of Gucci is not camp. Exactly. And so that's what it is. Like, it's like, it's something that's in bad taste, either being perceived as something in good, like, it's something like that takes itself seriously, basically. That's right. another, like, bastardization of the definition. I'm yeah, getting this that's wrong, definitely morphed over time, and I think a lot of people have different definitions, but if you're using that definition, then you cannot call Christine Quinn Camp because I feel that she actually is in 100% control of what she's yes, doing. And yes. when she comes in and sits down with Emma and she goes, I just really wanted to talk, and he proposed to me. He did. <laughs> he proposed to me, actually. And like she's fucking with these girls. It's so, so and like fun. when Mary has a meltdown and Christine's like, why is she upset? Like you, she knows exactly why she's upset. When she comes in with her, you know, 29 inch hair, like she is in complete control. And I actually believe that she's a cool person. Oh, I'm sure she's like, oh, I think she is like the most aspirational person on the show, despite being like so out of touch in her wealth or whatever. It's yeah. like, yeah, you want to, you want to, be like her in a way, right? Like you don't. I don't want to be like Chriselle or Mary or anybody else. Yeah, I don't want to. Certainly want to be spinning my wheels that hard. Also, some of the other girls are falling off from me. Like I heard, I know Heather gets up, gets beefier in the narrative as it goes, but um, I'm I'm losing Heather a little bit. Heather um, has a big moment at the end of the season. Like the finale is like her and uh, Tarek. Tarek. Okay, need that. Uh-huh. Um, but and so does she. But um, like I love Heather. By the way. Oh, Love I feel I, I identify with Heather. Playmate legend. Love. Love. I didn't um, know were, Playmate were, Legend. She was a playmate. Yeah. Um, what were you gonna say? I was just, just gonna say, like, um, you know, Christine Quinn is just completely in control of what she's doing, and I believe that she's cool. And I believe that if these other girls actually don't like her, they're not playing the game as well as her. Right. And here's what I'll say. I'm really excited for selling Tampa. Oh, right. Yeah, that'll be fun. Oh my god, the cast the cast looks very cool. I mean, it's gonna be very cool. I, and also, like, people are like, LOL Tampa, but, like, 
No. You have to remember, like, I mean, that is a that is also a competitive real yes. estate market. Like, a, like you know, you might turn your nose up because, like, you think of certain things, but like, this actually is going to be very cool. Basically, for everyone that doesn't know, there's a Selling Sunset spinoff called Selling Tampa, which is all black women in Tampa. They they're at the same uh, real estate firm, and it, I actually watched a um. It is is it is it Oppenheim? It's not. Okay. But but it's like it's like, it's like speaking to and they do the right. same thing. Right. But right. It, it's a totally different vibe, and I'm really excited for it. I think it comes out in December, mid December. Can't wait. Very excited for that. Wait before we before we go to I don't think so, honey. We have to Survivor. Survivor. Oh yes. my god. I mean, I told you this was crazy. This episode crazy, was amazing, top to bottom, like so well edited. I want to yeah. say like yeah. just I mean the threads all sort of are so tied together in the end in the best way, tied up, tied together, whatever. And like, I told you over text today, like, I think it was like two episodes. I, I caught up on the plane home from Thanksgiving. Like, the last three episodes, I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. this is when I realized this was a great season. And I don't, I don't know my Survivor seasons too well, but I feel like this is one of my m- more favored ones. This is an amazing season. And I think that this episode that just happened last week, and there's obviously a new one tonight, it was the episode where, spoiler alert, Spoiler, 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 fast Shan, forward. Yeah. Shan gets eliminated. Yeah. Um, and she basically was like the main character, I believe, along with Ricard. She was. To in the season. And really it came down to Ricard deciding to get Shan out, even though um they have been each other's number ones. Like there's this narrative in the beginning of the episode that actually it can't really be the two of them at the top two because they're both too good. So there is this interesting chess game being played between them that unfortunately Shan stops playing and Ricard never stops playing. Yeah. And the moment the whole season changed Mm -hmm. was Ricard saying, I think today is the day that Mm -hmm. I send, like that we send Shan home. Yeah. Like he decide like he had to decide that. And I want to give credit to Erica for figuring out the plan. Erica is a sleeper. She's a sleeper. But it was but Erica is the mastermind behind I mean, it's it's Ricardo, it's Ricard's idea, but Erica is the one who's like, here's how we're gonna do it. Three three Shan votes, three Liana votes, then it goes to a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. And uh if Shan plays her idol, then it's Liana who goes home. If she doesn't, then Shan goes home. Like that is yeah. like that was all Erica. She's a great player. I think great that player. she we, we have not given her enough credit. I think she might be going home soon because I think she has a huge target on her back. But people are on to her. People are on to her, and they, I think they aren't going to be on to Ricard now. This is the thing. Yeah, there's there's a there's a vacuum of power in a way. Like mm-hmm. the, like the tribe is sort of as splintered as as it's ever been now without Shan, without the person who is like arranging the things. Now you have like the Danny and Deshaun alliance being the only like real like two-hander that's left. Right. And I, I I think that something that is going to hurt them is the fact that Liana is now off board. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I think she, she could, she, she either could make something happen or she'll be next. I don't know. I wonder how much further Heather could go just because narratively she hasn't been on the show that much. And I'm right. wondering what that means for her. Um, I wonder if she'll figure into the narrative starting now. I just know that's not really how these television seasons are built. I feel it's Ricard's to lose or Xander's to lose. And I find myself rooting for Deshaun because Ooh, of no. the way you that and I disagree. Well, the way the narrative is pulling out, like I will say, I actually 
shed tears many different times throughout this episode. I was <gasps> crying at the end. I was crying when Deshaun got emotional during his confessional about it being such a hard year for black people and that they wanted to do a quote unquote for the culture and the four of them would stick together to the end. I was crying at the sacrifices were made when they realized that was probably not possible. I was crying mm-hmm. when Liana said that her oh friendship with God. Shan meant more to her than the game because they connected over their oh. womanhood and their blackness on the hill. I was like, this is classic Survivor because it's amazing gameplay, but you care about the characters and it's so emotional much. storytelling, but it's also really good gameplay and i think ultimately what's happening is these it's at the point in the season where the contestants are getting played by their own emotions and a lot mm. the ones that are forgetting to keep playing and the ones that are making emotional concessions are losing and that and you think is, shan made an emotional concession i think that if she were smart she could have gotten out of that I, I mean, know, anytime yeah. you go home with an idol in your pocket, you're not thinking. She said in her like her last confessional when she after she got voted out, she was like, "I had an idol." Yep, like she was. You could tell she was so the worst. crushed by that. Oh my god, because it's so hard to get one, and then you leave with an idol. But the thing too is just like the way it's going, and this is where I get a little woo woo again. But this is season forty one, and I do you think feel it's a like reset. I think it's a reset. But so season forty was winners at war. If you go all the way back to season one, we had a queer man named Richard when the first oh season. Oh my God. And now we are going to have a queer man named <laughs> Ricard win because Ricard is the queerification. Ricard is the queerification of the name Richard. And Richard has an extra letter, H. And H in lowercase is upside down four. Mm-hmm. And four, if you take away four from 41, is one. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift. The numerology energy. of it all is you're being very Taylor. Taylor. Right very Taylor. I'm sorry. Taylor Swift energy. This is very Taylor Swift. And that, I just feel like I the think Taylor energy. Taylor is executive producer this season. She, she will is. reveal herself. She will reveal her. She will reveal to us that her alias in television is Mark Burnett. That witch. That witch. Oh my God. That's the type of thing that makes me say, that witch. That witch. <laughs> oh my God. She's such a witch. I had not thought about that. So you said that. Taylor uh-huh. is Mark Burnett. Oh my God! Taylor's to blame for Trump. Taylor, Taylor, Taylor has the piss tapes. Um, She has the piss tapes. I I will say, I think. (laughs) Oh no, she has the N word tape. That's what she is. She has has. all the tapes. Please, Taylor has all the tapes. Okay. Taylor. And if she doesn't have it, her dad has it. Okay. I know her dad. I know Mr. Swift has the Mm. tapes. It's Mm. actually real culture number ninety nine. I know Mr. Swift Swift has has the tapes. tapes. Um, Okay, wait. Let's talk about Go Ricard. He's also very good to watch. Attractive. I want to. Sort of, I want to touch his body and see what it feels like. Oh, I bet really good. He was able to stand on that narrow beam and hold that ball up in that saucer Challenge for a beast. long time. Challenge threat. Beautiful Ooh. eyes. That's another thing I'll miss about Shan is I loved watching her. You know what I mean? A lot of hot, truly hot people this season. Shan, Telegenic. Liana, Telegenic. Danny. Mm-hmm. Ricard, Xander, hotties. Hottie season. Absolutely. I mean, everyone's very telegenic in a way where I'm like, pop off pop also off. i have to tell you and i have to tell all the readers i know like whatever australian survivor <laughs> season four people had been in my dms being like you have to you have to you have to really you have to watch okay. australian survivor season four it's a sit it's cuckoo bananas long but it is so gratifying i'm telling okay. you get in my dms about it readers i'm ready to engage about australian okay. survivor season four not five season four season four um 
There's one more thing I wanted to say about Survivor um, before we move on. I don't think so, honey. But it is, it's not coming to me. I think, oh, well, okay. Because I I think we got the preview for the next episode Mm -hmm. for the one, the week of the 29th of November, where there's another twist that gets introduced. But I was like, I think the reason why it's been great the last few episodes is because they have, they introduced all the twists early on Mm -hmm. and then they just let the rest of the season play out the way it is supposed to, I guess. But no, I don't Jeff, need many more twists. I'm but I think there, I think we are going to get more because Jeff had that uh, advantage, like on the bench that no one found, and then like there's going to be another like thing that he throws in, and I'm kind of nervous about what that's going to be. My thing with the twist is like, I always feel like with Survivor, you have to play every twist as if it's terrain. Like I feel like in Survivor, you know there's going to be twists, and if the show throws in a twist, like. That's just terrain you have to play. Like, I don't uh-huh, ever think uh-huh. like, oh, they shouldn't have done that. A couple times I've liked them less than other times. Yeah. But every twist, every idol, every advantage, every setback, every tribe switch, like you have to play that like it's terrain. You know yes. you're entering into a game where these types of things happen. So you can't be like, oh, well, fuck that, blah, 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 and like mm. kick your kick your toes in the sand once they happen. Like you have to play them as terrain and if you are the type of person that's going to win or are destined to win you'll win no matter what the situation is go off I think go I did off you've been going off all episode and I have to say I really really am in awe mama this is why we do culture catch up because sometimes we have to get together and get into it can I just say you can always I think, say. I think the dynamic for almost all the culture catch-ups, and I don't say this as a way of like putting myself down, truly. <laughs> Bone Yang. I think I'm just, I'm learning from you. Mama, I learned so, I'm in uh, classes in session. I'm no. learning. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hold on. And I can I just say, <laughs> I think some people have been like reaching out to be like, you sound like you're really putting yourself down and you're not, you're questioning what you say before it comes out of your mouth on the podcast. And I just want to say, blah, blah. I'm like, no, this is just like the way my brain works. No, like, you've always been like that. What? Putting myself down? No, not putting yourself down. You always check in with yourself yes! before you say things like it's, it's a part of your process. It's but not then that you, I always, have like... you always say something beautiful. No, I, I believe me. My sense of self, my self-worth is like at an all-time high. That's not what this is. I had some low moments over the summer as is yeah. documented on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But overall, I'm, I'm in a great place. A lot, yes. of, lot, of, lot of good things going on that make me feel very fulfilled. And I'm mm-hmm. lucky. And it's not whenever I like am kind of Fortunate. awkwardly... Yeah, whenever I'm like figuring it out, as I, I, I don't think I'm that well spoken of a person as people would like to think I am, and so That's I'm just, true. I'm figuring out what I'm saying as I say it, which I think is okay. Everybody, calm down. You have a verbal process, which is yes! your own, yes. and um, I mean, I'd rather be. Uh, sometimes I'd rather be like you than me, who is like, let me come in strong and say this no. thing, and then I end up saying symposium instead of compendium. You know what I mean? Then I then I then I end up calling it a Schiparelli dress and not a Scaparelli dress. You know what I mean? Like it just happens. It's fine. Everybody, this is. I think this is coming from the same place as when we tell you we don't know anything. We Mm. don't know how to say words. Sometimes we don't know my words. I don't know my heart, but I do know my heart. And I can I say, I am moving closer to that truth every day. I don't know my words, but I do know my heart. Sometimes I don't know. So beautiful to hear you say that. Role reversal. Literally sister life hashtag. Can I say something? Period. Period. 100. 100. 
Hundred. Hun- I'm sorry. Period. Period. <laughs> There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with... Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs Classic Clogs and Sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you believe that it's time for I Don't Think So, Honey? I do believe that it's time for I Don't Think So. Well, we really got through so much cult. I know. I I think this is one of our best culture catch-ups. Can I just say? A hundred percent. And here's the deal. People are going to think that I forgot something, but it's part of my I Don't Think So, Honey. Okay. I I can't think of anything you might have forgotten. Do you have your phone this time? Yes. Okay. Because I've been self-timing the last couple weeks and it's felt wrong. And I apologize about that, I don't that, feel sister, supported. And it will never happen again. I left Thank my phone you, on my sister. car last time. Okay. This, are you ready? Do you have yeah. something? Okay. No, I, oh, I have he, something. 
he pressed against his my throat hurts cords. a little bit oh it's i'm okay, sorry okay, it's okay so no, you didn't do anything well i'm sorry that it literally it i did it's okay no i'll be fine okay. drink some tea after this okay this is matt rogers i don't think so when his time starts now I don't think so, honey, that the way the morning show season two ended is Jennifer Aniston turned into Joe Rogan. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, the way that the second season of the morning oh, show ends no. is we watch Jennifer Aniston cough, sputter, cry, and sweat for <laughs> roughly 55 minutes before she basically gets better by becoming Joe Rogan on a streaming service. This is what happens in the show. I have watched this season all along. And here's the thing. Maybe seconds. I do think so, honey, because I don't know what the heightened could have been beyond that. To see Jennifer Aniston tell her streaming viewers that despite the fact that she is problematic <laughs> to the nth degree, they can either get on the Alex Levy seconds. train or get the fuck off and basically pop off Joe Rogan's status. I don't know. I guess I don't think so, honey. The third graders Emmys for all the third graders. I, I have to say they went off morning show season two. And that's so one minute. Can I just say, I think I know the reason why, when you texted me that, that Jennifer Aniston's character, that Alex Levy becomes Joe Rogan at the, at, uh, in the season two finale, I did not like that. It didn't hit me the same way as when you would describe to me a true third grader plot, because this doesn't feel third grade. You know what it was? The third graders don't know who Joe Rogan is. The third graders don't Here's know that thing, this Bowen, is Here's the thing, Bowen. They do. That's I how famous Joe Rogan it. is. The, Joe Rogan is so huge in podcasts, and this is where we forget. Every third grader the- listens to the Spotify originals. Every third grader has a Spotify account, and they can listen to Joe Rogan's podcast on Spotify. Sorry, what were you going to say? You forget about the vast medium that is podcasting. You don't know the power that we hold having this podcast. <laughs> Joe Rogan has the power of about one million Las Culturistas. I know, that's true. Okay, he, Las Culturistas. Joe Rogan <laughs> harnesses the power of one million Las Culturistas mm-hmm, to basically mm-hmm. be able to control the minds of even the third graders who turned <laughs> America's sweetheart, Jennifer Aniston, into Joe Rogan because the show is so obsessed with cancel culture. <laughs> and I have to confirm that in the post-credits like episode breakdown, Reese Witherspoon says, Oh no. As herself, in discussing the season, she goes, and I love Reese. She's my favorite. But she we goes, love Reese. I think that in a way, all the characters get canceled. Canceled by their jobs, canceled by you know, the social media canceled mm-hmm. by life. Like, uh-huh. and I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> this show is so third graders with DNC parents. I can't even get over it. Also, <laughs> what else happens? Oh, Reese Witherspoon, who plays one of the most famous women in America, Bradley Jackson, morning show co-host, walks down the street with flyers in her hand, missing persons for her brother. And it's like, have you seen my brother? Have you seen my brother? <laughs> Like he's a dog, so that <laughs> ultimately Billy Crudup at the end of it says, I love you to Reese with a spoon, and she's uh-huh. like, and remember, she's lesbian now, right? But he's like, I love you, and this is what people say, right? I love you, and it's like he's a robot saying, I love you for the first time. That was a third grade moment, but I've never seen camp like watching, and I do no. use it, and, and it is camp. No, this, this is no the morning show, is we can say, according to Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang, is camp, camp. We all know this. She was, tr- she truly almost died of COVID. And then Mark Duplass comes over, lies to her that he has COVID too. You find out he doesn't. So basically he's just <laughs> exposing himself so he can be with her. 
and she gets a streaming service, UBA Plus. She gets a show on the streaming service, and she pops off and is truly firing off like Joe Rogan being like, I don't fucking care if you like me at all. I am who I am, you fucking pieces of shit watching this. Get on my train or get the fuck off. So this is my thing. And she said, stay safe and stay staying. It was the last words of the episode. Oh, my God. Like every email from April 2020, that's... Stay safe and stay sane. That's so stupid. But this is my thing. None of that sounds like third grader. You know who it sounds like? College. No, the teacher. It (gasps) sounds like the teacher. I think the teacher took a pass at the finale because she was like, you know what? I want to put my own little imprimatur on this. And she, she wrote that ending. That's my theory. I know this is your theory and I don't want to mess with your theory because it's the funniest. It's truly one of the funniest bits of comedy from 2021. I can say that as as someone who is receiving this comedy from you. Like this whole bit that morning show is written by a classroom of third graders is your theory. I just think my contribution is that for the finale because it does stand out a little bit to me. Mm-hmm. I hadn't that, thought about that. It breaks the pattern a little bit of the morning show. You know what it was? So another part of the 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 sort of I guess we're gonna call it like the the greater world of the the, the third graders is remember I said the teachers believe in their own to go get drunk, right? And th- but so she came still, back at the yeah. end of the week and said she's been through a bender and she said <laughs> let me get this fucking show all right there so this show hold on a second. This is my fucking okay. Yeah, what is this gonna say? She's gonna say piece fuck. of this shit. Fucking fuck you. Yeah, yeah, she says yeah. fuck you. She's sweating. She's yeah, almost she's fucking dead. Stay safe and stay safe. Oh, I, sh- I forgot about the storyline. Um, he says I love you to her. Yeah, that. All right, back to her. If you don't like me, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck off. Jump the streaming service. Mm. Okay. He's got COVID too. Okay. Send. <laughs> she hit send. <laughs> you had a direct line to Tim Cook. And then Tim tells everybody over at Apple TV. Anyways, that's the story of, that's the glory of Morning Show Season 2. Truly a standing ovation. Okay. Are you ready for your I Don't Think So, Honey? I have one. It's a little, it's a little self-indulgent. Not that most of mine aren't. But this is something that's specific to me, but it has to do with the culture. And I think I have to say this. We're going to we're going to get into it okay. in a in a decidedly Bowen Yang. I don't think so, honey. This is Bowen Yang's I don't think so, honey. And his time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Me being fan cast as Bach in the Wicked movie, because this is something that, you know, will never happen. And I didn't think about before. But now that you're all telling me that I should play Bach, I'm like, I guess I want to play Bach, but guess what? May I remind you, it will never happen. And so you're setting me up for emotional despair that I can't be a part of this wonderful project starring two actors who I adore, (laughs) directed by a director who I adore. I can't be involved in this magical... Do you know how iconic it would be if I got to play the Tin Man, bitch? You don't because I'm just a little piece of chattel to you and you can list me next to fucking, oh, Audrey McDonald is Madame Morrible. No, don't do that to me. I'm too fragile for that. I am not in a place in my career where you can do that yet because I still think of these movies like you do. I'm fan casting along with you. Five seconds. And for me to be fan cast, it feels wrong and cruel and you must stop, please. And that's one minute. So here's the deal. (sighs) 
I think that if you wanted the audition, all you'd have to do was text. Mr. I think if you, I think you should just contact him. But here's the thing. Then you'd have to be that person who like uh-huh. did that. Then I got to be like, I got to go on the fucking talk shows and be like, yeah, I texted him. You know, like, no, I have no. No, you can't be that. thirsty. You can't be like Deborah messing with Lucy. You know what I mean? You don't want to oh. end up a fate worse than death being Deborah messing in, in, in the Lucy narrative. Yeah, no. See, like, I, I think you'd be fabulous. But I also I think they might be trying to cast a little person. I think they should cast all the munchkins as little people. Yeah. I think that also, here's another thing. Tell what are y'all what are y'all trying to say? That I can't fuck? Cause guess what? Because we are I fucks. Can bag any Nessa Rose <laughs> I want without I can actually bag the Galindas. I don't need to fuck Nessa. Cause I can go into a bar and mm-hmm. walk up to the Galinda of the room 100%. and say, hey, you and me. My place. Let's go. I have only home essentials in my room. <laughs> you you yeah. want to know? You want to know why Pete and Ariana broke up? Bowen fucked Ariana Grande. <laughs> Spread it. Spread, Spread it the rumor. around. What broke them up? Bowen. It was Bowen. <laughs> she said, "No, I want that faggot." <laughs> Ariana said, "I want that what faggot. That faggot. I want to. I want to let that faggot. I want to hear that faggot make some noise." And she can say fag. Faggots on me, I make some noise. Faggots, Faggots on me, I make some noise. Faggots. Faggots. It's actually rule of culture number 100. Ariana can and has, has said fag. Faggot. I support your casting, but here's the thing. If you were in the Wicked movie, then you have to be in it and like you, you really can't enjoy it. I then. know. Yeah, you're right. There's you're something it- to, there's something to just being able to like, okay, get this. So I'm seeing Fire Island tomorrow. I know. Oh my god! I'm and so, so, I don't know if this is saying too much, but like, a very, very, very small handful of people have seen the movie. A uh, director's a, cut, a, a, rough a director's cut. cut, and apparently it's like really good. And so Joel <laughs> Joel says, "Do you want to come see it?" And I'm like panicking. I can't believe I'm about to go watch a movie with us in it. Like I'm like, oh my god. Oh, it'll feel crazy. I'm sure. But are you worried that you're not going to be able to like line up your consumption of the movie along with everyone else well i asked joel about that i'm like um how long did it take you to settle into watching it and he was like pretty much minutes into the movie i settled into it like he's well he said he said a specific part but i was like okay maybe like as it goes like i'll get into it but i have a feeling like my experience is gonna be i'm gonna watch it the whole first time through and like have (sighs) my shoulders up here and then i'll be able to watch it again and 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 again after that because i'll finally Mm -hmm. be able to like stop seeing myself in it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and also stop seeing like everything we know i just want to like try to go in as best as i can and just watch it as a movie and enjoy it because i know i would and will but that's the thing about being in this type of stuff is like i would love to be able to enjoy it but then i can't get out of my mind like that's me up there. Like, but you know, like you and Joel are very similar in this way, where I think he might have gone into his viewing of it with the same feeling, yeah. and then he ended up being, I think, very enthusiastic about it. He was, which is a great sign. It's, it's no, of course, it's the best sign because Joel like has very good mm-hmm. standards and taste. Anyway, I, I was texting with Andrew on the director. Oh, we love him so love, much. Love he. I was, we were just texting each other, catching up. I was like, oh my God, congrats. Like, it's so, it's, this is so cool. Like I heard the screening went great. And then he was like, okay, and we'll do a New York screening soon and it'll be wonderful. And then over Thanksgiving, 
I texted him like, okay, but when do you think a New York screening will happen? I know, I know, I know. And then he was like, well, do you want to watch it? He was like, do you want to watch it at the premiere? Or do you want to watch it with like a small like cast and crew group in New York? Like when we do it at sometime in the future. See, that's another thing I'm thinking about is maybe I shouldn't watch it tomorrow. No, I think you should because here's my thing. I told Andrew, I was like, the idea of watching myself for the first time in this with a bunch of other strangers terrifies me because I I need to like have a sense of like what I think, how I think I did in the movie that is not that informed by what other people think just yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, also then again, Bowen, it's not really for us. I know, you know what I, mean? I know, like, I know, I know. But just for my own like vanity, like that's mm-hmm. my thing. And then Andrew was like, what do you mean? Like that's your, like your job every week is to like yeah, perform in front of strangers. As, as, as for but it is strangers. different. It is and different. I told him, I was like, no, it's completely different because different. I have the luxury of n- getting immediate feedback on mm-hmm. how I'm doing in a performance in front of strangers and knowing whether or not I did, a good, I did a good job, this is something totally foreign to me where it's something I did like in the summer and yeah. it won't be like received by many people until later, like a year, a year later. And like that is so conceptually crazy to me. Well, I mean, I think Joel is excited about me watching it. So I am going to go over okay, there good. and see it. So, um, and you know, I, I did ask him already specific questions about certain things and, and he's been very reassuring. So, um, I love that. Anyways, but I'm really excited. I can't believe it's like I know gonna be a thing. Like I, I'm excited. I'm so proud of Joel and Andrew. Yeah, like just what a what a huge deal. Anyway, much more to come on that one. Mm-hmm. And um, this was truly a culture catch up. I mean, maybe our best one. Maybe I our most expansive our one. one. We covered a lot. We got into it. <laughs> Whenever we at the end of an episode say this was our best one. <laughs> That's when I say 100, period. 100, period. Maybe it's 100, period. Is 100, period, the title? I think we only said, what? Spe- I, I forgot it. Spe- oh, we said Lady Gaga S- is spec... Specnominal. Specnominal. Spe- no, I think it's 100, period. 100, period. 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 So, okay, can you, so numeral 100, zero, zero, period. Oh, you want to do numerals. Can you tell me right here what you want it, how you want it to show up? I think it should be the word... Hundred, hundred period period the, as in the punctuation mark period mm-hmm. space and then, and then period 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 unless you want to do hundred period as in the punctuation uh-huh. period exclamation point yep hundred period period yep that's it with Matt and Bowen of course to denote that it's a culture catch up and to just denote the dolls. That it's a, and just the dolls well phenomenal phenomenal spectacular. Spectnominal episode. Uh, Spectnominal did, did not did not end up winning title of app status, but the so highlights. <laughs> Lady Gaga is spectacular in House of Gucci, but we don't like the movie. The last right. Culturistas Culture Awards are canceled, and we wish Wendy Williams the best. <laughs> I'm so disappointed and more. in ourselves. No, I'm not I'm disappointed. So, I'm really sad that the awards are are canceled, but we had to do it. It would have been in poor taste to have kept them going given the state of Wendy Williams right now. The last Culturistas Culture Awards as an idea. Were oh. was was a beautiful moment in time that was a byproduct of our insanity during the filming of the movie Fire Island, and it will stand the test of time. Oh, one hundred percent. But if you read the hundred no, period period to award the nominees now, <laughs> only months later, makes no sense to us. No, no. it no longer makes sense. And we wish Wendy the best. And <laughs> and we had never ever so song. <laughs> 
There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort. And creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanique, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this cookie crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.